This is the MFG Cast. something that I really enjoy. Mostly, I don't really like bards. You, when they come into my cave, I usually like to eat them because they're all, they all suck. I, I mean, who, who likes a bard? I mean, most, most of the time they're just terrible singers and, you know, all I do is I just, you know, I either burn them, step on them, crush them. Uh, sometimes I use them as toothpicks because that's all they're good for. They couldn't save their lives, literally. But, what I like, I'll tell you. Sometimes it's hard when you're a dragon like me to really know what good music is all about. That's why I go online and I check out Battle Bards. They have the best fantasy music around. I mean, look at me, I'm a dragon, I fly around. You know, you gotta, you gotta have some epic music to fly around to. Sometimes there's always, there's always uh, stupid knights that try to slay me, you know. Sometimes, you know, you like to hear that, but, you know, you got to make sure you have, you know, sometimes they just make really bad grunts. Like, sometimes they're like, oh, and I mean, come on, that's, that's not the sound of a hero. I'd rather hear this. And this. But I'll tell you what, also getting get kind of lonely here, you know. Not too many, not too many um, female dragons around, if you know what I mean. Uh, I, um, I get really lonely. Um, uh, uh, but anyway, um, mostly I eat them, you know, if I come in contact with them. Anyway, most of them anyway, because they're all, they're all bitches anyway. But, um, uh, yeah, um, and, you know, most, you know, you know, it's hard to make a friend, you know, even, even the guy dragons, they're assholes, you know, you can't get, you can't get along with them, so, you know, sometimes I'm, did I mention I'm lonely? Um, yeah, so, sometimes I like to listen to a little ditty, you know, sometimes if, uh, somebody, if I want to hear a campfire song, I, um, you know, I listen to this. Sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I don't really get to see orcs, you know, because they're underground, you know, and I'm in a cave, you know, and they don't really come see me, you know, sometimes they'll pop their head out, you know, to, 
uh, you know, oh, oh, is this the way to Poughkeepsie? And I'm like, nope, wrong way, buddy. And then I pop their head off, you know, because, you know, you know, most orcs, you know, they're gross. But um, sometimes I like to, uh, you know, uh, listen to a nice orc march, you know, like this. So that's what I do, you know, I go on, I go on, I go on the interwebs, I type in www, um, yep, I still do that, dot, battlebards.com, pre-order the music, um, they got stuff to preview, you know, and then we could pre, and then you could pre-order, um, right now they're doing pre-orders until August 8th, and extended it, you know, because everybody loves it so much like me, oh my gosh, I go, did I tell you that, um, and then, uh, so then, yeah, there's all kinds of things you can get. You can you can spend up from twenty five up to three hundred dollars, but just because you don't spend that much doesn't mean you don't get the sound quality of Battle Bards. You get you'll get money towards Battle Bards music. If you get if you pay fifty dollars or more, you get a bonus audio for just playing a little bit more. You also with every with every pledge you get the soundboard and with every pledge you at least get one stretch goal from the kickstarter and that is a lot of audio for free so check it out just go to www.battlebots.com and click on pre-order and pre-order this great music because you're not going to regret it well unless i see you and you don't you don't have it then you know i might just have to eat you okay well, um, I really don't want to let you guys go because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm lonely. So, um, if I could say anything else, just, you know, come see me, you know, and, uh, all right, BattleBards.com. Hey guys, Kurt, MFGCast here, again, uh, another N uh, Gen Con update. Actually, it's, uh, almost like a finishing up, should you say, it's a uh, Sunday morning we're actually on our way home because it's a quite a trek it's about seven eight hours back to Eau Claire Wisconsin from Indianapolis um I would have to say that this year was for our first year was quite the success at first I was really I didn't really know what to expect I mean just like anything when you go into it you really don't know what you're going to expect so you kind of just kind of walk your way through the motions but um I have to say that finally, when we finally got our bearings and we figured out what was going on, it was actually super duper fun. So um, I suggest to anybody that has a chance, go get yourself involved, go have fun. It's a blast, it really is. Um, I'd actually like to talk about some things that we did and then some uh, give you some advice because... Um, give you some advice. Thanks a lot, honey. <laughs> um, because there's, you know, so, you know, if it's going to be your first year, 
Um, there's some things that you probably should know. If if you're an avid podcast listener, there's a lot of different avenues you can go to. There's, Dice Tower does a bunch of stuff. I know Bill Corey's big into giving advice about cons. Um, other people are too. So, but here's just some stuff that I that we've learned um, when we went to Gen Con, um, and I'm gonna have my wife talk with me. Say hi, Tracy. Hello. Oh, that's very nice. She never likes to talk, so it's kind of cool, kind of cool to have her talk right now. Um, so, um, here's some of the things that you probably should keep in mind when you go to Gen Con. Um, number one, uh, get there early and just, you know, instead of getting yourself enveloped in it, have, you know, go make a game plan. You know, go get, go see your surroundings and, you know, take a look at everything and just kind of, you know, make a plan about what's, you know, what's going on with it. You can actually talk. Instead of doing sign language, I don't know your sign language. What were you going to say? Get that big book. Oh, yeah. That, um, Freddy. Yeah, our <laughs> the friend guy Freddy. The, our friend Freddy on the bench gave us. Yep. That's going to be your Bible. Yep. They, uh... The whole weekend. Yep. It's basically, it's basically a book that kind of tells you about floor plans. Um, it tells you about other stuff that's going on, events and stuff like that. Uh, we used it mainly for uh, the map and where everything is. Um, it's quite daunting when you get in there at first because it's just, you know, you've got your vendor area, you've got your your exhibit hall where you've got a lot of a lot of play testing and stuff like that, and um, you really have to know, try to figure out where you're gonna go. Um, go ahead. And depending on when you get there. Um, certain areas may be closed. We found that out yep. the hard way because we actually didn't know that when we first got there. We got there pretty late, and so we were literally going around in circles trying to figure out where things were, yep. not realizing all of the vendors and that exhibit hall was closed when we got there. Yep. So we were frustrated yep. um, the first Day that we got there, which yep. was Thursday. Thursday night. Because um, when you go to the vendor area, it's only open for a certain amount of time, which makes sense because you know all those people they're doing a lot of hard work. They probably want to be done and kind of enjoy Gen Con or enjoy Indianapolis for you know all the fans and the people that they work with and stuff like that and other people. Um, so the vending area is op- is only open from like ten to six, I think. And then I think it's 10 to 4 on Sunday. Um, and then you've got the exhibit hall. Um, the exhibit hall, exhibit hall, um, the exhibit hall is, that is the most daunting thing. So if I have any advice, oh. I would say really check that out. Um, I think the one thing, the one thing that we did the worst was maybe trying to ask for help and try to find where to go. Um, I would have to say that I'm actually, and I, I'm sure Tracy agrees with me, that um, I was very disappointed in the exhibit hall because we had bought some tickets to play some games and we could not find anything. It's poorly, it's poorly, uh, you know, it's poorly mapped out. Mapped out. It's poor, poorly signed out. You know, you've got these, I've, you've got these other companies and stuff like that that are holding these. Uh, you know, play tests and stuff like that, and tournaments and what the like. But um, it's really hard to see where anything is. Well, and we did look at the maps, and we did ask for help, and they kind of um, showed us where we were. 
and where we needed to go, yet we still couldn't find where to go because you throw that many bodies in a huge space and you're stuck because, like you said, the signage is horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking for, it's like looking for a, a needle in a haystack because you're looking for this one game that you want to play that you signed up for and it's this giant space that you can't find anything. Yeah. So, you know, that point was very disappointing. Luckily, luckily the event tickets are only a couple of bucks for the most part. Um, so, you know, when we, we actually bought three tickets for three games. One was for Walkstar, and that would have been fun to play, but we kind of got lost in the shuffle of stuff. And by the time we actually were going to head back, we only had about five minutes. And we were like... Well, we didn't get lost in the shuffle of stuff. We got caught up in purchasing game upon game upon game and so we just decided that we, we didn't want to um, go find um, Walkstar which would have been fun because yeah. we've never played that game before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then so basically we only did you know two really long days we did Friday and Saturday which actually was enough oh, I think yes um, especially after all the walking yes yep and um, what was that? Friday. Friday, yeah. Friday, we did a ton of walking. Um, so another piece of advice, I, or a couple of pieces of advice I'd have is, number one, don't do everything. Well, that would be number two, because <laughs> whatever. You already did. There's all okay. <laughs> be, uh, advice we number B. We got a lot of we got a lot of number ones for you. <laughs> okay, I won't number anymore. More advice. Let's go with that. You jerk. Okay. So, um, I would say another piece of advice is, um, don't do everything, you know, just map out some stuff that you like, you know, find some companies that you like, you know, even, you know, sit down in a couple of places where you don't know what's going on. You know, that's what we did a couple of, we just saw a couple of games. We're like, Oh, that's kind of fun. You know, like that, whatever that unicorn means. Yeah. It was, uh, gosh, what was that called? I don't know. Something unicorns. It was by, uh, uh, Weird, weird, no. Is it just called weird? Yeah, no, it was like weird enterprises or something like that. W Y R D. You guys can look it up, but um, played this funny unicorn game, which it, it had nothing to do with the. It just grabbed my attention. Well, yeah, it had nothing to do with unicorns or anything like that, but it was kind of cool because it was one of those games where it was uh, you have two topics basically, and like one of them's like, why do you pick your nose? And then the other one would be like, you know, why, you know, um... Why do other people pick their nose? Yeah, like, well, it'd be another topic. It'd be like, well, no, you know, they're similar topics. Are, are they? I don't, yeah, I don't remember them being... like it. But anyway, so you pick, you pick, uh, one topic, and you find uh, another player, and you ask them that. Well, then they've got five cards in their hand, and they get to, well, how much? Three was cards. Three cards? Three cards. Okay. Three, so three. Um, they had three cards, and then most of them had like either a topic or a uh, subject or whatever so you had to basically kind of answer that question with whatever that thing was just kind of stay in the general direction of what that topic is on that card and then whoever is the judge of the card who was reading the card um, you get points for that. It was a cool little fun little party game I kind thought of like, actually. Um, an obscure-ish apples to apples yep, yep. is kind of how the um the guy who was demoing the game uh -huh. um, described his Yep, and I, I agree. 
pretty much that whole thing. So it was a nice little thing. I think it was pretty. Because it's it was it was a little bit different because some of the cards like the words I can't remember what they call the word cards or the subject cards. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it was I'm not so... very good at this part, but um, <laughs> like one of mine was um, a toupee or something. Yeah. Um, but then, like, one of the cards he had was something about, um, coffee creamer. Yep. And so he incorporated that in, like, this obscure story about, um, wrapping, or putting coffee creamer around a circle in his bed. Yep. Chanting to kill him. Chanting. And, like, it was just very, it was very odd, and it was fun. Yep. It was really fun. Yeah. It was something that I would have never done. With somebody that I never knew. Yeah, but uh, it was outside my box. Yeah, and I like that though. It, there's another piece of advice too. You know, just talk to people. You know, find some. You know, find some people that are demoing something like that. Everybody is there to do the same thing. And to tell you the truth, I don't remember really. You know, really any that many instances where you had anybody that was. You know not willing to speak or, you know, play a game, you know, so that, you know, it's, it's all, you know, everyone's got, you know, similar personalities about board gaming, so, you know, it's fun to, you know, go, go do that thing, you know, we, we talked to quite a few people, you know, like I said, uh, uh, we sat outside and we were just kind of taking a load off and eating our food, or, yeah, eating food and drinking, and we came upon, uh, what's his name again? Freddie. Freddie, and, um, he was a dad with, uh, couple of kids in their late teens and uh, we were just kind of chatting about stuff and he gave us some advice about the con and stuff like that because he's been there, been doing that for a few years now you know that kind of thing so um, uh, so that was really fun to talk to him you know he he had stories about you know you know he only got to do so much stuff with his kids so you know he wanted to do what they wanted to do you know he did stuff with music he did stuff with excuse me <laughs> Too many bagels. Um, you want to do stuff with Gen Con, and uh, they're having a blast. It seems like it is. You know, his kids seem like they were just having a ton of fun too. So, um, what's his name again? I have a bad memory. Freddie. Freddie. So Freddie. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking. Yeah, it's okay. So Freddie, if you're listening, um, thanks for talking talking with us, and I hope you had a great time. Um, what's some other stuff that we could talk about? Um, what are we? What? What are we talking uh, about? We're just kind of giving advice about Gen Con. Oh. Um, you know, we said like, don't... Um, you could always, you could always go in costume. Yep. Yeah, we and saw. And you fit right in. Yes, you would. There's a lot Especially of different. Especially on Friday and Saturday. Yep. Because they know that the, the well, most amount of Saturday. people. Yeah, most amount of people are going to be there then. Um, I think Saturday, uh, yesterday, uh, which uh, it's already yesterday, but it'd be Saturday. Um, they had a costume contest. Um, and uh, the guy that dressed up as Sauron from Lord of the Rings, I'll show Tracy the picture because she probably doesn't know from me telling, uh, but it was one of the guys we took a picture of. He won the costume contest. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure he got a decent amount of stuff. But, um, but yeah, coming in costume, I mean, there was people dressed up like everything. You know, boys dressed up like girls, girls dressed up like boys. Every different character from every different thing, you know, you can feel at home doing that. You know, you don't have to feel... Um, 
you don't have to feel out of place because everybody's doing it and everybody's and it's cool because it's uh, you know it's all a great community because you've got all these cosplayers you know they're talking to each other like oh you look great can I take a picture with you you know even the cosplayers are taking co- uh, pictures with themselves you know which was cool and um, with other ones and yeah that's what I said yep so um, when we walked past them we tried to take pictures of them mm-hmm. you know as we saw them too and we were posting them um, um on Facebook and stuff yep. throughout the weekend. And Twitter, MFG at MFGCast on Twitter. Yep. Uh, <laughs> good, good plug. Yeah. Yep. I was actually going to plug you on Facebook because uh, I don't, I don't, what I call it is I don't twat. Yeah, you don't. You don't twat at all. Because you're not cool like the cool kids. No. <laughs> um, what some other stuff? Um, take it easy. You know, like I, we've kind of talked about, I kind of talked about that a little bit before, but like, don't feel like you have to do everything in four days, you know, take your time, find some spots, get some rest. You know, if you want to go out, get some, get some stuff from the food trucks, go to a restaurant, go do that. Don't, don't think that everything that you're going to want is just there. Experience other stuff too, you know, because I think that's one of the things that I think we could, we probably could have done a little bit better was not pushing ourselves so much. I had a thought that I just completely <laughs> lost it. I think it's yeah. been too long. Is it about, about about walking through too much stuff? I don't know. <coughs> I don't really know. What was I just thinking about? I don't know. Um, oh, one thing that Freddie had told us when we sat and we were talking to him is he said that um, Friday is always a bad day because, or bad day for like parking and stuff. Um, because you have all the um, people who work down there and um, like mosey around down there and stuff. Saturday isn't as bad for parking. Um, absolutely a true statement. Um, obviously, we don't know what it's like today because we're driving back right now. But um, we found that out on Friday because we had to park so far away. Um, like we probably walked six or seven city blocks away to our car in a parking or parking ramp or whatever. Um, whereas yesterday we were able to park um, very close. Mm-hmm. Granted, um, parking was a bit more expensive there, but that was okay because yeah, it's close. Plus, and I think it was just what that place would normally yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive anywhere. So if you're looking at parking, you're looking at anywhere from 20 to $40. Well, so keep I that think in mind. it was more around 2025. Still. It's pretty typical. Yeah, still um, just kind of keep that in mind if but you're that's for the whole. That's for the whole day. Yeah. Um, some will um, charge you by the hour, mm-hmm. but it's still like one to one and a half hours. It's like six bucks or something like that. Yeah. Is what we found for one of them. Um, food trucks aren't so bad with, with like the cost of the food. Yeah. Um, just be prepared to wait in line unless it's towards the end of the day. Like when we got there on Thursday, um, that was cool because they were trying to get rid of their product, I think. And so like we were walking to leave um, after we were frustrated on <laughs> Thursday and not knowing what the heck was going on. Um, we walked past a food truck and got some amazing um, pulled pork barbecue pulled pork sandwiches chips and a drink for five bucks a piece yeah. so that was awesome 
um, with no waiting, whereas other stuff you waited in line for quite an extended period of time. But I would experience the food trucks, I would recommend that. Um, they they wrap around the block. I would say there's probably at least 10, right? Yeah. yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. Um, but then a lot of people, like you said, try to experience stuff around there too. We see people walking all over the place. Um, I think it's whether they walk to experience or walk to their car to put their purchases or whatever. I don't think they walk to move their car because otherwise that would be silly that they would be paying yeah. like a shit ton of money to move their cars. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's another piece of advice too. If you're vegetarian or vegan, you may want to find a restaurant because food trucks, I don't think I saw anything really vegetarian based. Um, I don't think anything inside uh, the convention center, they sell some stuff like some pizza and, and pretzels and stuff like that, but nothing, I don't think there was anything, too many options for people that don't eat meat. I think that, I think that one place had just noodles or something. Noodles, yeah. Like the, the noodle place we went? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you can get, yeah, just noodles with vegetables, yeah. Pan fried noodles. Man, they're good. Yes, very good. Yeah. So if you if you're really into food and you're not you're not picky about different types of food, try the food trucks. They're phenomenal. And like Tracy said, they're fairly cheap too compared to what they could be. You know, so that's awesome. Um, what else was I gonna talk about? There's something else that I had. Um, one piece of advice for that somebody gave us was obviously which this makes sense, was to wait until Sunday to um, make your purchases because a lot of the companies want to not have to go home with their product. Um, however, we couldn't wait because we were too excited and because we had a lot of driving back. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me like the gains were already reduced a little bit, whether it be five bucks or something. Um, some companies like Rio Grande Games. Yeah, they. Well, it was actually it's them through C C and C Games is what yeah. the coupon was. So you have to kind of look out for stuff like that. Well, but I mean, I wasn't talking about the coupon. Mm -hmm. But um, when you go to their booth, they were slashing prices already on Friday. Um, so we kept going back to their booth to see if they were slashing prices again. Of course, the prices that they had on Friday. Um, were different than the prices they had on Saturday, meaning that on Friday their prices were cheaper than the prices they had on Saturday because there were more people. Um, so we ended up getting, gosh, uh, uh, Dominion. Yeah, Dominion expansion. Expansion for cheaper than it was selling on Saturday. Yeah. So those are types of things you had to look for. So we knew what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so we kept going back to the booths um, of interest. To, to look for things like that. Of course, you don't want to do that and kick yourself later yeah. that you spent more money or whatever, but um, we probably could have saved. Um, but we also would have spent all day today. Yeah, yeah. I think we found, I think we found ourselves with great deals. Like, like you said, that CNC Games, which was selling all the Rio Grande games, um, they were doing they also had a coupon book though so when you yeah so when you get when you go into Gen Con there's a place by like the ticket booth where you can get a coupon book and a nice uh, over-the-shoulder bag um, 
kind of like one of those, um, like recycle or, um, Instead of using getting a plastic shopping bag, yeah, it's like you get like one of those other um, totes. Yep. Except this one's like a messenger bag. Messenger bag, yeah. And the coupon book, it can be your best friend because they give you free event. It, it's like some of them you can play free events. Yeah. Some of them, if you like, for the one for the CNC games place where they have the real ground games, if you spend over fifty bucks, they get they gave you ten bucks off, which saves you a ton of money if you think about it. If you, especially if you go back a couple of times if, if you're looking for something that they have. Um, and you can go every day. Yep, and grab a coupon book every day. A coupon book and a bag if you want. Yep. So that was one tip that Freddie gave us when we sat and talked with him was that you just leave your bag in your hotel room every day and everybody, it sounds like a lot of people do that. They leave their bag in their hotel room or wherever, and they come and get a new bag, and they come and get a new coupon. And there are some uh, businesses, too, in that coupon book that um, they have a well supplies last, or they have a promotional thing every single day that you can come and collect a miniature or something like that um, every, every day of the con. Yep, yep. And I don't think they're manning those booths like super well enough to where like if you wanted to take more than one coupon book or a messenger bag if you needed it, I think they would have been fine with it. So make sure you keep that stuff in mind. Um, look for great deals because most of the time these companies are trying to you know get rid of stuff so they'll take five, ten bucks off. Um, we went to Mayfair, um, their area, and they had some stuff for like. You know, some games that were out of print for like 10 bucks. I mean, and so you're not going to get these games anymore if they're out of print. Except some of them were in French or something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. One of the games that Mayfair was in French. She's like, Tracy's like, should we get this one? I'm like, it's in French. She's like, yeah, but I mean, is it good? I'm like, no, it's in French. We can't read what's in French. Oh, and then we had, <laughs> when you were at the Rio Grande um, game, we were looking at the Rio Grande game games booth and um one of the guys who was working in it he was um this was on what friday or something yeah friday I think. and he was trying to get rid of he's like i have a stack of five games here the first five people who give me five bucks can have this game for five dollars <laughs> and i'm not going to tell you what the game is or whatever and so we just gave him five bucks and he gave us this game called what um uh, something horses. Something horses. Racing horses. Or, or chasing ju horses? Jumping horses, no, I think. No, I don't think it's jumping. Chase? Horse chase or something? Something like I that. I don't know. It looks horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. But for five bucks, you can't go and on. And we were like, well, it was just five dollars. So if it really sucks, whatever. We're out. So, I mean, apparently the goal was to get as many games as we could get. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, and then he did it again. He had like a whole other stack. And I was like, Damn, why didn't we buy that game instead? It looked better than this damn horse game. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be the best game we bought at the con. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. It is going to be the worst. Yeah. Um, but, um, so that was cool. So, we, I think we just kept coming back to that one, too, because we were maybe hoping he would do that or he'd slash prices on, like, because we were looking at another game there, too, hoping he would slash prices more and he, he wasn't as um, anxious on Saturday to slash prices and yeah. shout at people to 
to buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was bummed because I really. <laughs> so we bought, um, but that coupon was our best friend in yeah. that booth for sure because we ended up getting a game that was already slashed. How much? How much was it originally? We bought Rattlebones. Oh yeah. Which we got to. We got to demo that one in their. Um, sorry, traffic. Um, we got to demo Rattlebones in their um, exhibit in one of the exhibit halls. Found out that's a pretty kick-ass game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't have it stocked the day before either. Right. And so um, they had it marked to fifty-five. I think yep. and so we got to use the coupon so we got it for 45 I want to say gosh I don't know how much that game was I think it was originally 60 bucks I think really it was only marked to 55 then? yeah and I think so $5. yeah but that one's that more that's popular a, too a, isn't that a new game yeah that's what I'm yeah. saying so yeah that's a cool game I would recommend that that um do yeah, we're, go we're, ahead. I know we're talking about Jump <laughs> no, We can talk about games. That's that's what this podcast is all about. Oh, really? Yes. It's not about Barbie. I don't know. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. I know you don't listen. So I know. I know. Well, I do. You I do, do when I'm editing it. Yes. That's about it. Um, but we digress. So, uh, Rattle Bones um, has a cool. I'm just going to talk about the cool features. So it has um, six sided dice that you actually. Um, flip out the size of the pieces to yep. place in other um, what would you call it? It's just other other, other sides that you can roll and they all have special bit of ability. So basically yeah. you're, you have these plastic dice and you're popping out the pips. Uh, Gladys Knight, the pips, so then you can have different abilities that you pop in there. Yeah. Which is very cool. Yeah. Um, so based on based on how the board lines up, which is Start, which you start with at the beginning of the game um, you have like 12, 12 cards and you just take a random 7 and then um, you use a certain number of features so like an example would be um, there's um, one that if you land on the space you actually get to go you get to pop in a pip I'm going to call them pips now are they really called pips? Yeah, the really? the little dots on a dice are called pips. Oh, okay. Anyway, you pop out you pop out that side and um, you throw in the feature of not being able to um, when you roll it and it lands up, you can roll up nine or not roll up. You can move nine spaces or one where it ends up being a wild feature or one where you can roll again or um, one gives you a gold piece that. Um, will help you later and yep. things like that. Yep, and you can roll up to three dice. You roll at least one dice, but you can roll up to three dice in any one turn, depending upon if you stack different abilities and stuff like that, which is cool. And everybody has their own dice. Mm -hmm. I should say that too. So yep. you have your own strategy during the um, the game. Yep. Yeah, it's a cool game. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. It's you know, basically you're just you move it. You have little monkeys that go around the track to on this uh, they're screwed up. Monkeys, are they? Yeah, they're monkeys in a with little hats in this screwed up circus, basically, and you're jumping them around to get on these special abilities to to flip out your pips, and See, then uh, you, and then you have mice around the victory track, and then that's what you do to win. But you also have this bad guy that goes backwards, so if they meet up with your mice that are on the victory track, then game ends. 
Yeah, and I, I guess I don't know how interested I would have been in it, yeah. or been in this game, if uh, we wouldn't have been able to demo it. Yeah. That was the cool. That was the cool part about Gen Con. Yeah. Is being able to, even if we weren't able to play the games, being able to watch other people play them, or being able to at least see them laid out. <coughs> yeah. To see how um, amazing some of them looked. Yep. Like the um, uh, uh, why can't I ever think of what that medieval is? academy? No. 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 Which one are you talking the heroes about? Heroes one. Oh, heroes wanted. Here, I want to say heroes united all the time. <laughs> why? I, why? Anyway, that one, that game looks amazing, and you, I mean, we never played that one, but. There was something about it that. Well, the components were amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then we went gangbusters and bought the whole damn thing. Yep. The expansion, the game, the expansion, the the all the nooks and crannies of the whole damn game. Yep. And and everybody there that worked for them seemed very nice. It was like you know cool to talk to them about the game. They kind of explained the components and stuff like that. Um, so much so that I actually got to talk to Nick Little, who's in. Um, charge of manufacturing there, and who's a heck of a guy who was really nice to interview him, and I'll put that uh, at the end of this, because we'll, um, we'll have a couple of interviews. Uh, one with Nick Little from Action Phase Games, who does the Heroes Wanted game, and then also we talked to Jesse and John from Punch It Entertainment about uh, their con and uh, them trying to double for, uh, demo for Battles for Solaria. So, um, get those games while you can. Uh, Battle for Solaria, they just have wrapped up their Kickstarter, but they're also taking pre-orders for the game, and that looks awesome. Um, Heroes Wanted, I, I'm not going to tell you about that game, because I just, if you like superheroes, you like great components, go fucking buy that game. <laughs> it is it's made, awesome. It, it looks amazing, and the quality of the boards, Yep. Um, they're two-sided, Yep. and there's what, two boards in the main game? No, there. Yeah, it's two boards, two boards and four stories. Four stories. Yep. Yep. And, and then once you start buying the expansions, there's like a shit ton of heroes and like all this other stuff. We only have played it once now. We sat in the hotel room and played it. Yep. Um, and then also their Kickstarter, they're doing a Kickstarter for Ninja Camp. Yep. Or as I like to call it, Ninja Dance, <laughs> because you can never remember the name of it. But they're doing Ninja Camp. And um, while Kurt was doing his interview with Nick Little, I was able to learn more about Ninja. I almost called it Ninja Dance. Ninja <laughs> Camp. And that game is awesome. And we want to support their Kickstarter for that game because um, they have Ninjeeples mm. instead of Meeples. Yeah. And they are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the game looked really fun to play. It's basically like uh, any... Uh, any type of animal that you wouldn't think would be a you know a fighting ninja character, they put it in that, and it's a uh, fun little card game with little ninja bulls, and it looks really fun. It's only twenty bucks on kick, nineteen uh, free. That includes the shipping. Yeah, nineteen and free shipping in the U.S. So I mean, you really can't go wrong with that. So, um, so it was nice to talk to uh, talk to Nick about that. Um, gosh, I don't know if I can think of anything else. I think we covered lots of stuff. But, um, oh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, what probably one of the biggest things save up a lot of money. Oh, and, um, 
stay away from the convention center. Oh yeah, as far as a hotel goes? Yes. Yeah, hotels are really expensive. We uh, stayed out probably about a half an hour away. They're not really expensive, but they would be ridiculous if you stayed yeah. by it. Yeah, if you stayed by it, I guess some, uh, it's around 400 bucks a night, which is, I'm sorry, that's not worth it. I know even if it's close, that's fine. You know, you're paying for that luxury of being there, but that to me, that's not worth it. We stayed, about, stayed out about 35 minutes from the convention center. We stayed at a very nice hotel. Um, it was actually pretty cheap too. Um, so that was kind of nice to just, and plus you don't have to worry about, you know, possibly if you're not super, you know, you're not super close to the convention center, you have to drive. So then it's going to be like kind of, you know, kind of a, a clog trying to get in and out. But uh, yeah, definitely watch, watch your money because you're going to want to spend it all on games a little bit of food, um, you know, you might there might be a memorabilia and stuff like that too that you may want. So you know, just kind of keep an eye on that. You know, keep your budget too. Don't go over your budget. We kind of we stayed. I thought we did pretty good for what we could have done. Um, we may have went a little over budget, but we didn't go as gangbusters as maybe we could have. So really keep that in mind too because you know you don't want to do it by the time you get home you're broke and you're trying to figure out a way to get out of your get out of debt, you know. I mean we're super out of debt anyway just because in uh, super in debt. I wish we were super out of debt. <laughs> we're super in debt just because just because we're older and we have uh, uh, children we have a children a child in a house. <laughs> children I don't know where the other kid went. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of keep that in mind. You know, really don't don't go to gangbusters, you know, have fun, get the games that you want, uh, play test a ton, it's so much fun, just the, the play testing was so much fun to just sit down and look at, you know, look at something you haven't done before, you know, try, try to go a little bit outside of your box, so, alright, I think we've talked enough, I think we've pretty much figured out it, we've figured out stuff we want to talk about, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Nope. Nope. All right. Okay, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, I'm going to put a couple of interviews at the end of this. Like I said, I'm going to have Nick Little from um, Action Phase Games uh, after this, and I'm going to have uh, Jesse and John from Punch and Entertainment. Both very nice interviews with both of them. Very nice guys. It was nice to talk to them. So until uh, the end of August when we see you for another full episode of MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey guys, Michael here from the RPG Academy. And I am everyone's favorite co-host, the Caleb G. You probably already know who we are from our podcast, but today we're here to talk about a catacon. A catacon is a local gaming convention that Michael and I are hosting. It's happening this November on the 13th, 14th, and 15th at the Houston Woods Lodge. So please go to our website, which is the RPGacademy.com, and the Acaticon Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the Acaticon for additional details. We look forward to playing games with all of you at Acaticon 2015. Hey guys, Kurt here, um, MFG Cast. Um, I'm at Gen Con. Um, found a couple people to talk to. I've got uh, Jesse and John from Punch It. Punch It Entertainment, sorry. That's all good. Been a lot of walking around, so my brain is just fried right now. Um, 
thanks for thanks for talking. I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, Jesse said you said this is your first Gen Con. John, this is your this is your second, right? Right. Okay. So when you get when you guys come to this kind of stuff, what you know is it overwhelming? Is it you know is it crazy? Is it something that you know something that you're used to? Because you're probably trying to demo your guys' games at other places and stuff like that too. So. What, what is that experience for you at places like this? Well, I'll answer for me, and I'll let John answer for himself. Sure. But, yeah, for me, I mean, it's kind of a different experience because not only are we trying to get the lay of the land, at least for me, lay of the land if I'm just a gamer trying to soak this all in, right, yeah. which is an, an enormous amount of stuff to look at. But, yeah. but I also have to figure out how is it that everything works being a demoer, a potentially an exhibitor when we go to these kinds of shows. So we're kind of also learning the, the, the back end of kind of what goes on at Gen Con as well that's not part of the day-to-day, you know, just come in, show your badge, and walk around and play games and buy games and yeah. have fun. So yeah. it's a different experience for sure. You know, it's Gen Con and a lot of the other big conventions like Origins and some of those, they, they all kind of operate in a similar way. So once you kind of get an idea of how things run, you can start figuring out some of the little quirks that makes each convention a little bit differently. different. So, yeah, I mean, it's been good and learning that. And not overwhelming as just much as it's a lot of just like, all right, I know what I want to do next year differently, and I know what I'm going to do the years forward. You know, obviously, depending on how well our game does, we'll make a big difference of what we can and can't do, but that's a big part of it yeah, for us. For your yeah, learn from your experiences, for right. sure. Yeah. What about you, John? I mean, for me, it's similar to what we've experienced in the past, but it's just on a larger scale. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff. It just takes longer to walk to those things, but it's worth it once you're there. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, because it's larger, more cool people. So we always get a nice reaction for people, like when we just came up to you, right? Yeah. There's a guy, hey... I mean, it's funny that we're so we're just starting, yeah. and there's now we already have kind of a little following. Wherever, oh, there's a Battle for Solaria shirt, I whatever, and then, yeah, and then here we are. And it's cool too, being able to at this size of an event when you're walking around, it's like you're seeing the people that you sent your game to for reviews, mm-hmm. and seeing them in person for the first time, like, hey, this is awesome, finally getting a chance to meet you face to face. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, this being my second. Uh, Gen Con is, it's a totally different animal. When I went, it was in Milwaukee still. Yeah. And I would say it was a little bit more uh, personable and maybe more theatrical. Like, the, the displays were more organic and, and unique. Being at a larger scale, it's, it's definitely more commercialized, if you will. So, yeah. 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 I mean, this is it's the consumer electronics cool. and board yeah. games, right? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly. awesome. Yeah, you can, you can definitely tell that it's grown because, I mean, you know, when they started, it was, you know, small boardroom, you know, that kind of thing. And now it's just like, you know, I'm here with my wife, and it's like one of those things where you first get here and you're like, okay, what do we do first? You right. know, we actually have talked to a couple of people, which is nice because pretty much everybody here is super duper willing to talk to you about anything, you know, and it's nice to get a little tips and tricks and stuff like that, right. so, so what's your, so you've been here for, what, two days now? Two days, yeah. Two days, okay, so what's, what's been your favorite thing so far? Oh, that's a tough one, um, yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, I think it was a little surreal yesterday morning, like when the event hall opened up, that was probably a, a pretty, pretty surreal moment, like just looking around and just... I mean, it's, uh, the amount of people, like that, yeah. that's probably one of my favorite things because it's just like so many people so passionate about board gaming and card games and all this stuff and you go, this is pretty cool. Like, I'm not the only one out there in the world or the 15 other people we play games with all the time that just absolutely love this hobby. And I knew that's the case, obviously, but until you see it for yourself, it doesn't really be a real thing, right? And then when you see it and you experience it, you go, 
wow, this yeah. is a crazy thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sure. amazing. Yeah, so for me, uh, what I find interesting this time around, I was a, basically right out of high school when I came the first time. Oh, wow. And I worked <laughs> in a hobby store, but the internet was still kind of new. Oh. <laughs> so it's funny because now when I'm back, it's like you have so many acts, uh, new things. Uh, like, you know, you have the Geek and Sundry, so you can see all these personalities on YouTube. You can see, uh, like, Tabletop Deathmatch. And so, and then you're, if you're on Kickstarter, you see all these different new indie publishers trying to create their games. So when I went back then, I really didn't know anyone except maybe, like, artists or designers that had been around for years and years and years. And now I'm seeing people that I just saw, like, a month ago or a year ago, and they almost have, like, a celebrity status to me because, oh, I saw you on TV, so to speak, you know, YouTube. <laughs> so it's like, wow, it's, it's cool to see people that I recognize that, times were different, I, that wouldn't have happened, and I wouldn't feel, in some ways, like a certain level of, like even though it's huge, it's more personable or close, because I see a lot of familiar faces, now granted, they don't know who I am, probably, but it's nice to see people you recognize. Yes, and for it to be so accessible, too, yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it, yeah, very yeah, accessible. Yeah, for sure, you know, because you can't walk up to these people on the street, you yeah. know, for the most part. Um, so when you guys are out here and you've, you know, you're basically kind of in the same spot. You're around a lot of, you know, probably about a lot, by a lot of, like, indie publishers and stuff like yeah. that. Do you try to mingle with them? Do you try to, get, you know, get, you know, some advice from them, you know, get some sage advice from oh, them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, as indie publishers, you definitely have a, you know, you have a much tighter-knit group of people that are all trying to essentially do the thing, same thing, get whatever they love the most in their own board games and get them out to the world to, to see, right? Yeah. So so we all have different ideas about how to do that, but at the same time, we all have the same common goal, which is to see our dreams become realities in, in the terms of, you know, cardboard on the table. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. We talk a lot. We do a lot of networking, for sure. That's what's good. Um, you know, I mean, if you're in, if you start to get into this world of indie publishing and even in indie game design, there's a lot of Facebook groups and things like that, so you interact with those people throughout the year. And so when you come together finally here and you go, hey, I know who makes that game and I know who makes that game and I know who makes that game and you're actually going to meet them and talk to them, that's fantastic. And you know, everybody wants to be really helpful. I don't think anybody's, for the most part, really has this like desire to be the, the, the guy that's going to figure out how to beat you at the game, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's very much about a friendly kind of competitive atmosphere. So it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a nice experience. Yeah, for sure. Bug Yeah, I think similar to what Jesse was saying. I think what's nice about it is um, overall the gaming community, especially on the indie level, they're, they're pretty generally friendly. You, you, if you approach them in a respectful way, they, they you know, there's a sharing of information, uh, sharing of uh, experiences with, uh, especially with like Kickstarter. Everyone has like an opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's helpful. It's up to you if you want to take some of that advice or, or not. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. So now, now that you guys have funded Bell for Slayer, you guys got you're you know getting well into making that a uh, final game. Right. What's next for Punch It? Well, that's a good question. A uh, couple of things, actually. Probably the biggest thing. We're working on a number of different prototypes. We're not ready to disclose yeah, yeah. Yet what we're doing. That's there. fine. I won't. I won't cry <laughs> too much. But uh, definitely, lots of game ideas. We always have lots of game ideas. That's not a problem for us. Yeah, yeah. The biggest problem is figuring out which ones are good ideas. <laughs> so, um, but also, Battle for Slayer has got a ton of content right now. So for us, 
this is just literally the tip of the iceberg. Like if you if you were looking at it from a surface level, you're only seeing just the very tip of that iceberg. And as that water comes down even more, you're going to find out how in depth this game really becomes over time. So for us, we have a lot of development work just in terms of getting our work done, finalizing some of the, the little mechanics that are maybe still not where we want them. You know, kind of massage a few cards and still need some massaging maybe. And uh, for the most part, get another two factions out. So for us, the immediate thing we're doing right now is really focusing on getting ready for Battlefield Reign of Terror, which is the next two factions. And that'll bring Battle for Solaria up to basically it'll double the size of the game nice. instantly. Yep. And so we really are wanting to get that completely ready to go. We're wanting to have it in a place where we can launch another Kickstarter in early 2016 for that and get it out to all of our fans and supporters that have backed us at this point as well as maybe a bunch of new people that are now just starting to hear about the game and then get involved at the first Kickstarter. And of course we're also doing pre-orders for anything going on on the first, you know, the first Kickstarter product as well. Perfect. Obviously I don't want to get all the fun stuff that the Kickstarter people got. <laughs> That's so at least the way it works. At least give everybody a chance, right, you know, exactly. for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> hey, guys. Kurt here again. Uh, MFG Cast. I'm here with Nick Little. He's one of the manufacturers for Action Phase Games. Nick, thanks for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so, we're here at Gen Con, so how's Gen Con going so far? Our Gen Con's been great. Oh, yeah? It's been really busy, but oh. it's been really good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, you guys aren't quite the top tier game company, but you're not quite the small guys either. So, how do you prepare for something at the scale of Gen Con? How do you prepare for something like that? Um, well, luckily we're local, so we're, we, we're afforded certain advantages because we're here in Indianapolis. Nice. Um, so, you like slip a 20 and say, yeah, we want the the perfect spot. Um, if only it was that easy. <laughs> Last year was our first year here as a booth, but okay. uh, I've been here, I've been coming to Gen Con since it was in Wisconsin, so oh, wow. I've been here every year that it's been here. Um, last year, we were the new kid on the block. Uh, we had one game that was going to arrive just in time for Gen Con, so we met up. We, we tried to get on the list, and we were 30 deep on the, the wait list, basically. Wow. So we were fortunate enough to get a, a meeting scheduled with Megan Culver, the, the woman who does all the scheduling and the booth layout and stuff like that. And um, she was like, there's just nothing I can do for you. She was like, we can put you on the local wait list, which means that if somebody cancels last minute, we'll call you. Mm -hmm. But you'd be second on that, and that basically never happens. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, is there literally anything we can do? Mm -hmm. She goes, well... I do have a spot in the Family Fun Pavilion, and I'm like, I'm thinking that she's got a tent out back, like, by Lucas Oil or something, and I'm like, well, what's that? And she's like, well, it's a, it's a corner of Gen Con, it's like the early hundreds, mm -hmm. back in the corner where we put all the people that have family-friendly games, you know, so they can't have any violent content, stuff like that, and I was like, I mean, that's us, I mean, that's, that's Heroes 1 and all over, it's yeah. like, it's family approachable while being great for gamers who want interesting, deep gameplay. So we were like, yeah, let's let's do that. What do you, you know, what space do you have available? And she's like, well, we don't know quite the layout yet, but I'll get back to you within a couple of days. And she came back to us and she's like, yeah, we have booth space here and here if you want to buy it. So, so we were fortunate enough to get a booth. And then we did crazy well last year at Gen Con because we were launching the game here. Um, and then, so we doubled our booth space. Nice. And then we were like, well, what the hell are we going to do with 20, you know, 
two booths basically. And we've we've grown as a company since then. So last year we went to we went to three cons. It was really only two cons. One one con we went to with no product. So we went and just kind of showed people the game. Gotcha. Right after the Kickstarter ended. So it was almost like to raise awareness. But we were friends with the con, con organizers that was here in town. But we went here and then BGG Con. So nice. We had two kind of opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. uh, as far as consumer base and size goes. So, but this year we've been to, this is our sixth or seventh con, I think, nice. so we kind of tweaked with things and figured out booth layouts and stuff like that, but yeah, we, we were able to get this awesome backdrop that's behind me, and it's like this giant cardboard thing that looks like a newspaper, and a cool backdrop, and they, it was made locally, we started it at my partner's house, and we just brought it over, so perfect. Fortunately, we were able to, to wing a lot of it because we're local. Hey, yeah, that's always that's always good to be close, and you can kind of roll with the punches. I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know? like, oh, well, I have this in my house, so I'll just go get it and bring it tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, you've been to a few cons now. So what have you learned? You know, as a company, starting from when you first started to now, you know, what have you learned as far as how to you know get to where you go in a, a not trying to think of, not a convenient manner, but in a more I don't know, just kind of, so everything kind of falls into place. Quickly. Sure. Well, we're still on the level where we're pretty much handling everything ourselves. Okay. So, a lot of the bigger companies, they have somebody storing all their stuff and then bringing it to them, and it just goes back into a warehouse when they're done. Yeah. This stuff is going back to our garages or our closets or whatever. Yeah. When we go to a new con, we load up Travis's car with a bunch of inventory, and we drive it there. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes we have a delivery, it depends on the con, but most of the time we're we're driving with a bunch of games, we're hoping to sell enough that we can, you know, comfortably drive back home. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what we learned is how to expect, like, how much we're going to sell and what cons we want to go to. Because the, the, the great cons for us are the, like, six to 1,200, maybe 2,000 people where they're gamers, yeah. you know, because you won't attract a lot of other competition basically on the yeah. selling front. Yeah, which makes sense. And so they don't have a whole because like you come to Gen Con and my gosh the hall's like three square miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, beat people like, away with a stick. You're yeah. like, holy cow, but you go to one of those cons and it's like it's a small two, three hundred square foot area. There's twelve exhibitors, you know. Yeah. And people can come over and chat with you and they can sit down and and do all this stuff. So it's really nice. We went to Geekway to the West, which is in St. Louis. Nice. It's a really fun con. They've been doubling in size but they had a cap of I think fifteen hundred people. Mm-hmm. But we sold as much stuff there, almost as much stuff there as we did at Origin. Oh, wow. 13,000 people. Very nice. Just because it was very specialized gamers, it was nice and friendly, they came by and talked to us and stuff like that. So it's, and it's something like Gen Con, like 56,000 people, we're never getting in front of a tenth of those people. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? True. So yeah. the fact there was 1,300 people and we were able to talk to 700 of them, you know, that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure there's probably a problem with trying to, you know, really get intimate with with your fans if you're just trying to get it out the door because there's so many people around. Right, exactly. And our game is a, has a lot of depth to it, so it's like we need a five-minute pitch for you to, to know whether you like it or not. And some people want a demo, which I totally understand. I don't, I don't tend to buy games that I've never played before. So, so, so we have demo space here, and we have some demo space in the booth and, and near here. So fortunately, we're able to get people in demos that really want, are really interested in what doing. Yeah, for so. sure. So you're on the manufacturing side. So when you guys did your Kickstarter for Heroes Wanted, yeah. And you were you were like, oh, you know, cross our fingers, let's get to twenty grand, and right. you 
know, a month later you're at, you know, over a hundred grand. What, what's your mindset? Are you like, holy shit, this is awesome? Or are you thinking, oh my God, we need to get this perfect for everybody that's wanting that game? We wanted to get it perfect for everybody that wanted it. As far as like the scale went, we went in getting quotes for the bare minimum and for the pie in the sky and a couple of degrees in between. So the bare minimum was that 28 grand. We can ship it, make it, and have like 400 copies for ourselves to sell, something like that. If everyone pledged the minimum. But we had some expansion stuff that people pledged more and people pledged to be in the game. So that was a little bit more. So we had some cushion there. But yeah, we did really well. So instead of making 1,500 copies, we were able to make 4,000 copies. So we had about 2,000 to put into retail. Um, we had some issues with our production, our, main, our actual manufacturers or the publishers, and we had a factory to make it. And they told us some lies, and they pushed deadlines a lot, and we had a couple of productions. Nothing that affects gameplay at all. Yeah. But, like, for example, they told us, they told me that they could match a color, of, the colors of the dice that we wanted. And they weren't intricate, they were primary colors. Yeah, they were, yeah. I was like, well, they sent us samples, and four, three of them matched, one of them was close enough, and one of them was magenta, and it was supposed to be purple. And I'm like, this isn't purple. And they're like, well, give us the Pantones for it, the color number for it. And we'll match it. And I'm like, okay, I give that to them. Six weeks later, they tell me they can't match it. This is literally, they're supposed to be done with production right now. And they're like, we can't match it. You're going to have to wait two weeks for us to reprint it, and we're going to have to reprint. We're going to reprint dice like 10 times as many. We can't get anybody to print the, the sizing. I'm like, you told me six weeks ago that this would be done. Yeah. That this would happen. Yeah. This is a deal breaker. Like, this is a major problem. Yeah, yeah. We have components that match purple. If yeah. you told us it was going to be magenta, we would have made our components match magenta. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or a different color. Yeah. And they're like, well, no. And then we got off a phone call and we were livid with them. Yeah. They call us back like three hours later and they're like, it'll be purple. They'll be done. They'll be done in two days and I'm like well that's great well I didn't know how you make dice so I didn't know that you can't make dice in two days and expect the pips to stay in yeah. so a lot of the first print run the purple dice when you roll it the pips fall out yeah, you know, because the, the plastic shrinks while the, while the paint is trying to die so then the pops right and the pops stop yeah exactly so yeah you roll it and all your pips fall out and people go it's a terrible company terrible we don't look at the like thousand other components that look awesome yeah yeah exactly and, yeah so it's it but I mean it's up to people to make that decision, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know how many people we lost because of that oh, issue. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you don't want to be there. But fortunately, our, our backers, you know, they, they contacted us and were like, we're going to make this right, you know, we're going And what we ended up doing is, in the expansion, we just redid all the dice and we made them custom dice. We changed the six side to be a logo that's involved in the game. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, it, it seems like you guys are really, really focused on the components and on the look of the game. Because yeah, Hero, uh, we, we uh, me and my wife bought Heroes Wand yesterday. It's stunning. It really is. The, the board is great. The components are great. You really get, you really have attention to, de to detail. Is that something that originally that you guys wanted in the beginning, or did you guys have something that you kind of changed it as it went? Well, it's kind of twofold when you look at stuff like that. You yeah. have the art and the look of it, and then you have the graphic design, so how you're conveying all this information, how it fits in with the art. 
the art direction is my partner's job, it was Travis. He found a great illustrator. The guy does an awesome job of capturing what it would be like if you decided to be a superhero and you went out for business. Like, they look like guys that are really trying to do it, but they're like normal guys. You know, most of them are like, yeah, that's what I would look like if I put on that costume. And I, I don't look like some super buff dude. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so, he does a great job of capturing the look of people. Um, so that was always a very important part of the game. We knew that people would want to line up their characters, see what it looks like, see the mismatched funniness, and then we built a world around it. We were like, well, what if this thing existed in this weird place where, like, people are still bootlegging DVDs and they get their news from the newspaper? It's like this weird sort of, like, you know, 1994 sort of, like, mid-'90s sort of vibe to it, where it's, people buy into the campiness of it a little more than the cynical, everyone's always on their cell phone all the time sort of thing. The graphic design, I knew, would be insanely important because the game has a lot of information, and... The game, you need, you need to be able to get that easily. You be able to die. I hate those games where you open it up and it's like a million things to look at. The information flow is all over the place. You're like, I open this thing up, you got giant things over here, and giant text over here, and loud colors over here. Yeah. I have no idea where to look. Yeah. So we tried to design the board specifically in a way that you could see what was important. You could see what was for the end of the game is over at the bottom left-hand corner. And then, so that was very key because we knew that people that weren't us, you know, we're going to need to learn how to play the game. Because early in testing, that's the thing, it's like we only play with like five different people, so we made the game really complicated because we knew how to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get in front of somebody new and they're like, what is going on? I have no idea what to do, what to look at, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was there both ends. We have a great illustrator and great graphic designer. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the art is, yeah. is really fantastic. I can't stress it enough. Yeah. All right, well... Well, let's move on, let's move on from Heroes Wanted to Ninja Camp. You guys got that on Kickstarter right now, so yep. why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So, Ninja Camp is this really cool game by this local designer that we've been friends with for about three years named Adam E. Dalton. Uh, we played this game a couple of years ago at his house, the first time we went over to his house for a local board game meetup. It had a little bit different theme, and the mechanics were slightly different, but we played it, we loved it immediately. So we yeah. probably played it five or six times that, that day. Nice. And it's one of those games that takes about three minutes to learn, three minutes to set up, and then 30 minutes to play. Nice. It's nice. real quick. But it's not one of those games where it's 30 minutes and you have no impact on what's happening. Like the game is playing you, basically. Not <laughs> yeah, you're playing yeah, the game. Yeah. There's no die rolling or anything. You, at the start of the game, you lay out a 7x7 seven seven or an 8x7 grid of cards, depending on the players. And then you take turns placing your meeples on, the, on different cards. You place three of them. Everybody starts with the same two actions at the end. The actions tell you how you move on the grid. So you'll play one, and then you'll move. It might say just move in a straight line until you run into something. So you'll pick one of your guys, you'll move them like it says, and then you'll pick up the card that you left. So now you have a different card that you can play. So next turn you're choosing between the card you did have earlier and the card so you can kind of save up the card that you'll know you'll need later and plan to move to the cards that you know you need now or you'll need next turn, etc. And there's only seven different movement cards in the game. So the, the grid looks big, people lay it out, and they're like, oh my god, this game's complicated. And like five minutes later, they're like, oh, this game's super cool. And it's like every time you play a card, it's like you have three different guys, you can choose where they're going, how you want to move, you have two or three cards you're choosing from. There are tons of decisions, but it's not overwhelming. You know, it's like, I can do this, and I can do this. And where you end up in the game is a certain, it's like your own decision. You know what I mean? It's like, I chose to go this route, I knew that you could fight me here. And I didn't prioritize it, so you beat me to these points. And the cards are, the easier or more flexible the movement is, the less points they're worth, and the harder it is, the more points they're worth. So, like, there's a spectrum of, like, do I want to be able to keep playing? Because once you can't play any more cards, you're out of the game. 
which I guess is not technically a player elimination, but usually that player's out of the game for about a minute because okay. the other two players like play four cards in the game. So, yeah. Everybody plays. The theme behind it is that you play these wannabe, these animals that want to be ninjas that like you wouldn't think of. Like it's not like a lion and a tiger and a shark. It's like a like a penguin and a hamster and a sloth, you know? So it's like all these guys, you're like, what the hell are these guys trying to be a ninja So everybody's got a unique power that they can play during the game. You play it once, so if you're the hamster clan, you can flip over your guy, you can move one or two spaces, and you can move through other ninjas because you're so small. But normally, you can't move through other people's pawns. So... Perfect. Well, sounds good. Um, you guys got it going on now. It started in July and it's uh, over on August 18th, correct? Over on August 18th. It's 19 bucks, free shipping in the U.S. International shipping is only six dollars. Very cheap. So we funded in about a week, and we're now unlocking stretch goals. We have really cool little ninja meeples that we're unlocking. So this guy's doing like a standing kick. We have one guy's doing like a slide kick, and a couple guys that are punching. So I'll look good for my son. My son's five, and he loves ninja meeples. So. Yeah, ninjeeples we call them. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I think I've asked everything I could. Uh, uh, where, can it, where, where can anybody reach you if they need to talk to you guys about it? Uh, you can go to our website, Action Phase Games. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Action Phase Games. Our website is actionphasegames.com. Okay. If you need to email us about anything, it's info at Action Phase Games. If you have any questions or any issues with anything, yeah, feel free to stuff with an email. So we, we reply very quickly to things. Not at Gen Con, because we're yeah, yeah, exactly. any other normal time of the year. We respond within an hour to yeah. almost every email. Yeah. So. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, Nick, for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, no awesome. problem. Sega!